This is Bart Welch of Heiserline Disc Golf, PDGA number 70748, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Disc Golf Podcast. Thanks for that intro, Bart, and thank you, Hudson Valley Disc Golfers, for the support. I'd really still probably do this if the people I interviewed were the only ones who listened, but knowing that there are tens of you out there listening, it really gives me motivation to improve. Several have also offered to help, and I will be taking them up on it. Really, just nothing but positive, so thanks for that, everybody. Uh, Moving on to this week, I'd like to introduce a few new segments. So in addition to hearing part two of my interview with Craig Henninger, we'll delve into the news of the week in the Hudson Valley disc golf scene. Uh, Some big news out of Skylands this week. Dan Doyle posted on Monday to announce that they are replacing the baskets at Breakwell Steel. They will be starting with the blue baskets. Uh, This is news for two reasons. One, new baskets. Sweet. Uh, And two, they're planning on selling the old baskets, but not just to anybody. Original basket sponsors will get first dibs, then designers and original installation crew. And finally, those with three-year consecutive Skylands membership will have a chance via a raffle. The old baskets will go on sale for about $250, and the money from that sale will go towards the cost of the improvement project. New basket sponsorships will also be available for $400, where your name or logo will be on a sign for a minimum of 10 years. According to my calculator app, that's like 40 bucks a year or like 20 cents for every time you play that course. If you don't need a basket or don't have $400 of disposable income, get out and help. I've only met Dan a couple times, but I've played courses that he's been involved with designing. And while it's caused me to curse his name many a time, I always finish with a thank you to Dan. So check out their Facebook page. I'm sure they'll be posting work days. In another little piece of news, Gary Mason's trying to put together a local summer team challenge league. The idea is that once a month, all the clubs interested would meet at a predetermined course and play head-to-head. There are not many details at this time. We're more at the gauging interest point in the process. So if you are interested, let your voice be heard. Okay, in this next segment, I will be doing a rundown of the week in a segment that I like to call the rundown of the week. I scoured the Facebook pages for results from various clubs, singles, and doubles events for the week and would like to share them with you. Unfortunately, it was bad weather this week and most clubs either didn't have enough players or just generally neglected to post results. So what I do have is that last Wednesday at Beacon Dubs, Liam Doyle won with a player that may or may not have been bike rack Michael Lanier. Thursday on Long Island, we had some drama. Both first and third place were ties, and they had to do a throw-off from the platform. Third place, shooting minus five, Joe Quadrino and Uncle Greg held off Filth Raskinator and Midnight Toker Maurice. Taking dubs with a minus six were Adam Wadlington and Ron Gillardi. They held off Gintis and Daniel Weinstein for uh, first place. Nice shooting, guys. Uh, Jumping to a rainy Sunday at Beacon where Eric Mowry and Dan Cookie Burnett took the win with a 10 down. I'd like to do a rundown like this each week, so I will continue to check Facebook, or if anybody has anything they want to include, let me know. Uh, In addition to the rundown of the week, I'd also like to do some disc golf shoutouts in a segment called Disc Golf Shoutouts. Here I'd like to recognize various players who have made contributions to their local clubs or are just striving to grow the sport. I encourage anyone to send me names of players or non-players along with a brief summary of their awesomeness. Since this is the first one, I'll start with my local course of Beacon, where Seath, not Seth, Herbanic, our resident sign maker, bridge builder, and teapad reconstructor, along with his son Gavin and Gary Oberith, rebuilt the teapad on hole 12. It has really improved that hole, and I just wanted to give you guys some recognition. Sweet up, guys. 
On the more grow-the-sport side of things, on Monday, April 29th, Jim Coyle, along with Craig Henniger, Todd Springer, Liam Doyle, and Bill Newman, helped to open a new course, the Green Kill Disc Golf Course at the YMCA Camp Huguenot. The course is not, as of yet, to my understanding, open to the public, but these guys still help grow the sport with clinics, and they played dubs. Uh, the winning team was NKOTB, who shot three down. I've always got to get a new Kids on the Block reference in, so... Uh, I'll be chatting with Jim soon on this podcast, and I'm sure this topic will come up. Awesome job, guys. And finally, just a general thank you to all the people who participated in Love Your Park Day. There are too many to name, but I saw that Long Island Wedge and Discap all had people contribute. Uh, thank you guys for your work. If you'd like to include your club in this segment in the future, just post to Facebook or contact me at hvdgpodcast at gmail.com because what I really needed in life was another email address. All right, I think it's time to play part two of my interview with Craig. We're on the whole 10 at FDR. I'll be back after with a wrap-up of Monday Mando Madness, a few words from the tournament winner, and a follow-up interview with Mr. Henninger himself. Okay, uh, you've recently been named to the Wedge board. How did that come about? That came about. Well, the seeds have been planted, I don't know, over the last year or so, when they had the, the vote for the next, the newest board member. Uh, I believe Angelo was the one who got that. I had been approached about uh, being a part of it. I said, you know what, I'll do it if, if, if you don't have any other interest. Like, I just, I have my own disc company, so I kind of feel the conflict of interest, but it seems like people don't really care that that's a thing. Uh, if they do, they haven't uh, mentioned it to me, at least. You know, they, they, they really wanted me to be a part of it. I already, you know, support the club in multiple different ways. Bill had stepped down, you know, to, he just had a granddaughter. Mm -hmm. uh, he's now the state coordinator for New York. Um, it's just he's, you know, enjoying himself, uh, you know, doesn't need to, you know, be on top of the board as well. He's still, you know, very involved with the club. But yeah. so they had approached me, said, all right, fine. You know, it seems kind of weird to me. There's no vote, all this stuff. And they said, well, in the bylaws, the board can appoint someone if someone steps down or, you know, leaves or for whatever reason. How much time is left in his in his uh, term? I think at the end of the year. It's, okay, it's, so it's, uh, it's essentially it's the months. summer. Yeah. It's, yeah, six or nine months, whatever it is, uh, you know, comes up. Did that help in your decision that it's only six to eight months or something? Well, I mean, I, 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 if they want me to be involved, I want to be involved. I enjoy that there's going to be an election and I can, you know, actually yeah. do that. That seems more fair to me. But they made it clear that, hey, look, it's not – we're not doing anything back – you know, this is part of the bylaws – you know, we're going to announce it. There's, it's not a thing. If someone really has a thing about it, we'll, you know, address it. And I'll, I, I would, and I would eight, do nine months. Yeah. You can, this way up. you can dip your toe in the water. Yep. See if you like it. You might not even decide to run in eight, nine months. You probably will. <laughs> I, I just knowing you, but yeah. um, no, I think it's great. All right. So we're at hole 10 here, 550 feet. Not a lot of people like yellow on this. I think it's because of the pin location, but that's been cleaned up a lot. So recently. it's been cleaned up down there, and I don't think people are uh, nearly as upset playing yeah. uh, yellow uh, again. Uh, I didn't really play it too much when I first started here because mm -hmm. it wasn't, you know, always taken care of as much. Yeah. But uh, the people are rallying. And now, does your drive change no. based on white or yellow? No, because I'm not someone. Uh, <laughs> I got to see Simon uh, pump one. Uh, oh, that was incredible! Feet pin high, basically. I don't have that kind of distance. I, um, I get close to that, and there's nothing in my drive either way that's going to set me up better really differently, you know, for either for, for, for either, either white or yellow. Either approach on this one. So what are we throwing? So I throw uh, my stable Brinster Destroyer. Your disc selection made me think of another question. Throwing a Brinster disc on a card with Brinster. Oh, question. <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool. It's very cool to be bumping into someone so good at disc golf. I learned quickly that he was, you know, basically like a legend. You know, he's basically proved that. He came back uh, in pools from Fool's Fest being down, I don't know, four maybe, and he ended up winning. I mean, he, I think he did it the year before, too. He is truly 
an amazing disc golfer to watch. Um, and to throw his disc while playing with him is uh, kind of cool, and I hope he notices. A little bit surreal? A little bit surreal. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing's surreal. You know? Yeah, I get that. You know, I had played with him once before uh, at around here in a tournament. But still, every time I get to play with him, it's uh, it's pretty ridiculous. Like yeah. I said on that shot on eight, he, I don't know how he got out, and he almost nailed the basket, you know, basically for a tapping three. We watch, I, I assume you do, I watch a lot of the videos on disc golf and such, and you see these guys throwing so far effortlessly. I wonder personally if I like if I was on a card with Simon who got past yellow's basket on his drive on this hole yeah. pretty close to it sure and then I'm struggling to get you know to the big boy not even to the cone yet yeah. would that make me not want to play anymore or does that make you want to play more uh in reality I may be able to get that far but it's something that I'm not you know it doesn't really affect my thoughts on the game it's just you know there's always going to be people better than you I would love to throw like that. I think we all would love to yeah. throw like that. I mean, Steve pumps him out too, but you know, Simon is, you know, throwing those putters, you know, over water yeah. or some whatever. It doesn't really affect me as like, you know, wow, maybe I'm not as good. I shouldn't play or, you know, it motivates me in the way that it can be done. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know, again, if I'm going to go out and practice it, you know, distance improving. I've been, you know, learning how to, uh, still learning every time I play how to, you know, throw discs, get the max distance out of each of them uh, when need be. So it just, you know, adds to the whole like, hey, you know, this is this is possible. You can do this, you know, maybe not as far, but, you know, I've definitely seen distance added even more recently. But man, it's fun to watch this. Yeah. So the going back to the wedge board, I don't know. The, I'm not familiar with their setup. Do they have, do you have a, like assigned roles? Like, is there a treasurer or is there a president? And if I so, do you know what you are? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just, uh, you know, a bunch of heads together, um, mm -hmm. hashing it all out. I believe our, we have a treasurer that's, you know, constantly takes care of the money. Okay. Is, how many people are on the board? Five, maybe. Okay. I think there's four of us. I guess five. I don't know. It's, uh... <laughs> You should know this, Craig. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that at no, all. No, I'm, I'm thinking that in my head. Uh, no, I was too. I'm just... <laughs> uh, I there's four of us, and then I believe our treasurer uh, is also part of it. Just, uh, you know, wasn't us. You know, he's more of just uh, making sure our finances are set up. And... So you don't know how many are on the board. Do you know any who else is on the board? You said uh, oh, Angelo. Oh, Angelo, Adam Gutman, Aaron Frank, myself. And uh, I believe Jeff Greenberg is our treasurer. And Newman and Jack Bradley, they were on it recently, and they both... I mean, they're both going to be... They're both very much involved. I was going to say, yeah. Um, they're actually going to be, uh, you know, they're still very involved with volunteering and doing work and, you know, designing. And uh, I think we're working on some tee pads soon. Is the Mando gone? I don't see the sign anymore. I, well, because that was one of my questions. I mean, I assume we'll play it as though the Mando's there. Yeah, I mean, I throw out that side yeah. left side anyway, but yeah. But what do you think of the change in the basket location and in the Mando? So the basket location, the, the one that was originally there, the most recent one that I remember when I first started, I really long par three. Well, because with the Mando in that, with previous Amanda, location high, you, you had, had to, to go that way now you got that extra route you know sucker gap down the it doesn't really affect me much i go through that hole sometimes i haven't heard too many complaints about the changes well this is another hole where the coursework on it has really helped it out oh yeah the coursework and you know shout out to the fdr parks crew mm -hmm. uh, those guys are a huge help you know more than probably most of us even realize you know anytime we ask them to mow they help you know they come mow we have a bunch of branches you know piled up they'll they'll come take them you know they do a lot of stuff that uh the holes uh, better, you know. You're not spending time losing discs. You're spending time playing the course. You can keep playing it, or uh, you know, have time to go play another course. You mm -hmm. know, as much as most of us do in a day, sometimes we go play two courses. So. Well, that's what's great about FDR, though. You can play two rounds of unique, you yes, know, uh, 36 yep. unique holes. Yep, so. you got the two different layouts. That's yeah. great. Hole 11, 316. Yep. 
Is that accurate with the new pin location? That looks about right. You can go straight uphill right at it or I, I go the flick with the wrench destroyer again this whole energy the whole goes down you got three discs i'm picking the course but you don't you're going in blind you only got three discs what are you throwing a brinster star destroyer a crystal flex zone and an rff wizard a justice could be in there as one but i, I feel even though i have uh the two putters in the zone and the wizard i feel like the zone will be more versatile for me and the, the destroyer i can get to basically do what the justice would do to some aspect by slowing it down and whatever i feel comfortable enough to do that all right now uh, hole 12 yellow is destroyer destroyer. destroyer. <laughs> you said that you don't do as much field work as you should do you do any kind of practice other than playing rounds so i kind of do the the practice and adjustments on the fly yeah, because I still like to play casual a lot. Because that's what got that was the yeah. The that's the, that's the draw. Playing. Yeah, the tournaments are definitely something I want to improve in and do that. But playing the casual rounds of friends is something that I don't I don't know if I I want to give up. Yeah, I like to even if I'm playing a casual round, I like to at least focus on one thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Don't worry about putting today. Maybe worry about your approach shots. Or, yep. Or worry about putting today. Don't worry about how you got it there. Kind of stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the main thing I probably work on is when my, my flick goes awry and I can't get that going. Because without that, I'm, That's a I'm, I, I turn into a, a not-so-good disc golfer um, <laughs> if I can't get that going. So, uh, you know, the shorthand approach game, I'll focus on while I'm playing around. Not so much going out to the field. I might throw a couple shots, but I can get myself motivated. We were talking about the amount of video that's out there. I think that that's going to make really good players. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. You have to, you know, people will give you tips. They might be a different kind of ability than you, and mm -hmm. they might not, you might not be able to do exactly what they think you can do, and, you know, you have to be able to take your tips and figure out which ones are going to help you the most. Yeah. Um, you know, trial and error. So I might, you know, give tips to someone that might not fit them, but, you know, I kind of preface tips with that. I'm like, you got to, you know, make sure it works for you. If yeah. you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it, you know? What's the last tip somebody gave you that really helped your game? I don't know that people so much give me tips. Uh, my buddy Ryan Curtis, I know, has noticed some things on my flick when I was doing. I don't know if it was dropping a leg or leaning over or something like that. That's the only one that I could think of in recent. That was actually a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, and thanks again, Ryan, for that, because that was something that took me out of a, a bad flick. The one thing that I like to tell players, especially ones who get frustrated uh, with shots, one of the biggest tips that I kind of keep my game on as is I don't get angry about a shot until I get there. Um, if I throw a bad drive, I just stay relaxed. I go walk up to the shot, and then if it's a bad, you know, I'm in a thing, whatever, then I'm like, ah, you know, get a little frustrated. But while I'm walking, I'm not already frustrated, and I'm already high up, heart's pumping more, all excited. Then I'm when I get to the shot, I might be like, oh, this isn't too bad, but I'm all excited, yeah, that, and I can't, and that's I can't a good, focus. That's a good piece of advice, because you, you don't know, when you get up there, like this shot here, perfect example. I didn't know. I either. thought you were pinned behind a tree, yeah. and it turns out you've got a pretty clear 20-foot putt. Yeah. If you got aggravated about that, like, oh, now i got to lean out, or this, yep. that, it, that, how's that going to help? I'm all excited, I get back in, back down. Yeah, I if like I, that. If I walk to the disc, not excited, I'm just like, oh, whatever, get to it, mm -hmm. and then, you know, it's like, oh, what do I do now? Then it's, you know, it gets my heart rate a little bit going, but it's not nearly as much to get down, then I'm just like, relax. Yeah. You got a shot. Like, you, you, it's you against this course, you know? Don't worry about what anyone else is doing, just take care of you. That's probably, that's probably the thing that keeps my, my scores low. Because I'm definitely someone uh, who can get very upset, but I don't really do it so much on the course. Mm -hmm. um, I'm able to, uh, you know, keep that down. Okay, hole 13. Now this one, 
Would you say this is another one where yellow is a little more difficult? Uh, yes. Than white? Because, I mean, white um, looks like just a hyzer bomb. Yep. Basically just the hyzer of the white one. So the yellow one is you know, a straight shot. There's some uh, straight additive is open. It's got some guardians on each side. Yeah, 310. This used to be a very confusing hole for me, but now I just throw a T-bird right at it. Now, uh, you play pro tournaments, so when you're playing casual round, how, how much do you follow the rules? So, casual rounds, I mean, uh, you know, you play with people enough, you know, you know yeah. that they can hit those tappings or, you know, the five foot or six foot, whatever it is. We're definitely, uh, you know, picking each other up. Mm -hmm. um, but as for like, you know, taking mulligans and, you know, foot faulting, if I am foot faulting, people aren't even saying it or I just don't notice. Uh, but that's something I try to pay attention to, as, as you say, you know, because yeah. it carries into the, you know, the bad habits will carry into the tournaments. Like, I don't even flip my disc. I don't even mark them. I usually just, you know, play it. Well, there's, there's a whole... That was what I was going to ask. Like, if you're, say, you you said you have uh, those tournaments that, that Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Me, I, I think the week before... Like when I'm out practicing or whatever, that's when I start to, okay, if I'm going to use a mini, bring a mini out right. or that kind of stuff. Do you do stuff like that? Like I don't really have a set tournament thing. Usually it's make sure I have food and, uh, you know, make sure I have my disc ready, my shoes, a bunch of pairs of socks, change of clothes. Mm. Um, especially for Mighty Golf. Mighty Golf, especially. <laughs> um, you know, especially if it's going to rain, make sure I have towels, uh, you know, birdie bags or, you know, mitten bags, whatever. It's more just mental. Mm -hmm. um, we all know how to play. Yeah. We all know what, what we're capable of. And, uh, you know, I kind of just go out there with that and just make sure I'm in the right mindset, you know, clear head and everything and try to try to make sure that no outside uh, sources are interfering. Mm -hmm. um, and when, when I do start playing bad, it's, it's fighting those outside sources of, you know, whatever else is going on with life, you know, to get through that. I'm pretty good at, you know, pushing that away. And, mm -hmm. you know, luckily I'm consistent enough to, you know, if I do bogey a hole or double bogey a hole, I can, you know, possibly birdie the next one or two and get it back. And, you know, I'm at, I'm at a place now where that's the outside distractions aren't as much. But, yeah, it's just mentally preparing. It's not so much, oh, I got to do this in a tournament. Mm -hmm. I already do what I'm going to do in the tournament. I'm playing like it's a tournament, yeah. you know. I don't even take second shots most of the time. You know? I'm not a big fan of them because if I make the second one or if I do what I wanted to do, I, I'm like, why didn't I do it the I'm first time? I'm upset either way. Yeah. That I, I yeah. either I had two bad shots or I should have done that the first <laughs> exactly. time. Exactly. What's your uh, typical disc golf week? So my schedule changes every week. Mm. Generally, you know, on a, on a normal week, if, if I don't get a weekend off for an actual tournament or, you know, any other thing I need off or if they just happen to give me a weekend off. But uh, I'm usually working Saturday, Sunday. So my two days off are during the week. Uh, two of those days uh, are like today, mm -hmm. three to eight shift. So technically, I can get minimum four days worth of disc golf in. I mean, I could get two rounds in on today. I could probably get 10 rounds a week pretty easily um, with my schedule, depending on what it is. Mm -hmm. If I'm at a different location downtown, or the hours are different, I can't really play on a day like that. Do you have any events like dubs or tag rounds or anything that you try to make each week? So I, I usually... Uh, you know, talk about with the last time I played with someone or, you know, get a text in the morning, hey, you want to mm -hmm. play this day or whatever, you know, during the week, not, a, not as many people are off and it's, it's usually the same people, but there's, uh, there's nothing that I actually try to get to, but if I am off that day, I will try to get to that event. I don't, I don't, know, if any, right I don't know if anyone listening has heard Pat, uh, <laughs> or has, has seen Pat's lyrics to these, uh, these dub songs that he's making, uh, to popular hits from back in the day, but, uh, you know, there may be some, some audio out there and I was kind of going to let it be a secret, but I think I'm I'm just gonna say it. I may or may not have had uh, contact with a couple musicians, uh, a possible bass player, guitarist, drummer, percussionist that uh, could uh, actually uh, record Ooh. these songs that you uh, are coming up with. Who's gonna sing them? <laughs> not me. Yours truly, probably. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, 
we're you know it's all got to be ironed out and everything but that's yeah. that's the plan we'd love to uh you know get that perfect and uh you know maybe maybe send some viral uh Heck viral yeah. disc golf videos all right so we're on hole 14 235 this is another gotta get right i want to get like a utility pole or even like a plaque or even like you could even sponsor it i don't know if mm -hmm. we get some fundraising uh going with it but i want to like drill a hole in that stump yeah. that up and you know put something else in you know artificial to yeah. to bring the hole back to a uh a little more of a challenge. A little more of a challenge. Basically a part two. Yeah. Um, All right. Hole 15, 360, double basket. Double basket. Now, do you play this one different if you're playing white or yellow? Approach-wise, yes, but drive-wise, no. Um, it is stacked right on top of it, so there's not a drive that's going to... Yeah, my feeling, uh, if you're playing yellow, my second shot, I might be more inclined to run the basket. Run the basket. Whereas with white, I just want to get it to where it's very short because it's what? Uh, I mean, it says it has another five feet, but I mean, yeah. you know, it's over six feet high, the, yeah. the entrance to the basket. And uh, with a bush behind it, you can get into it, trouble if you're running it. A little bit of slope. With me, uh, you know, the approach, uh, if I'm at least close enough to, to run it, you know, uh, I can throw that turbo. Uh, mm -hmm. Which makes which, and it lands flat. Lands so yeah, flatter, it's, it's it's not as bad. Yep. Um, plus, I'm generally not trying to put the turbo putt, depending on where it is, so far past the basket. You know, in mm -hmm. the in the uh, the force behind it. So generally, if if I'm close, at least it's just gonna sit there, and I can tap it in from there. Brinster, Brinster destroyer, destroyer. Uh, and now we approach the scene of the famous video. The famous video. The Anheuser flick. Anheuser same, flick. same shot. Same shot. Uh, zone. Zone. The most clear line to the basket is a shot for me that doesn't, you know, deviate as much when uh, throwing. It's fairly consistent with the line. Backhands with those tight gaps are hit or miss. So that was that had to be pretty exciting though, the whole Central Coast thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was cool for them. They got yeah. to be videos. I did not play well enough to get on that lead car, obviously. Yeah. For me, it was interesting because, yeah, I've had maybe a caddy or two in rounds or friends, mm -hmm. uh, some people in the groups. But every time <laughs> I turned around, there was about eight to ten people behind us. Wow. Uh, taking pictures, video. I saw phones up the entire time. It was pretty pretty surreal with that uh, aspect. All right, so we're going Annie Flick Zone. Yep. All right, hole 17, 270. Does that sound accurate to you for yellow? I guess if you were throwing straight at it, but it's, I... It's just uphill. Yeah, it's uphill, and you have to... Probably you want to go around the trees for a soft landing, yeah. You don't want to go straight at it. Uh, Brinster Destroyer? Brinster Destroyer. Do you um play it differently for white? So white, I would probably definitely just throw the forehand Annie. Uh, you know, kind of at yellow, mm -hmm. hope it goes past it. I don't want to ask you your favorite course because being a Wedge board member, it's going to be a biased opinion. So what I will ask you is, what is your favorite layout here at FDR? Uh, yellow front, white back. The yellow front is probably my favorite specific one through nine holes, mostly being the fact that I play probably the best on that, those nine holes, so I enjoy them for shots. And the white layout is a, I think it's more birdieable and more fun layout. I think yellow has some, some fun holes and does have a bunch of birdie opportunities now with a couple of the hole changes, especially with trees missing and back to the closer. The white just seems to be a, a layout. Not only I, but most people uh, like playing on the, the back. What's your favorite non-wedge course? And don't feel the pressure to say Beacon to because beacon. I'm here. Any any non-wedge course? I mean, if we're talking like favorite to play, like I love going to Beacon. The mm -hmm. vibe there is just so different than the other vibes at other courses. Skylands is another one that vibes well. But I mean, those courses like Camp Gall Greens mm -hmm. is up there. But I mean, how can you not put Warwick in that conversation. Yeah, no um, doubt. It's got the four different layouts. You got Wolf Woods, which was uh, dedicated to the guy I mentioned earlier, Dustin Wolf's dad. Awesome. Uh, that was his I didn't know that. And they did it. Yeah. And, and Oasis, of course, across the street, which Dan Doyle yeah. uh, is amazing uh, at, you know, just opening that up and letting anyone you know uh, come play who wants to, as long as they respect the course. Everybody I talk to who plays that course says, 
I love Oasis. It's different every time I play it, yeah. and I love it still. still you know what still, I mean? It's and it's just course. it just goes to his, uh, you know, his his passion for disc golf, and yeah. I think it's it's great. Uh, so we've made it to hole eighteen. I have a few questions on hole eighteen before we play it. All right, let's do it. So hole eighteen. What are your thoughts on the modification? First of all, losing the original tee pad. I don't know. It's is it weird to say I don't care? No, no um, not at all. What, with decisions like this, when it's so, like, really wanted on one side, really bad on the other, like, I just, I don't care. Mm -hmm. um, I'll play whatever hole is there. I'm very fortunate that there's people before me that played the course, put it in the course, did all the changes, got these tee pads, got these baskets in, uh, run the events, you know, before before I got involved in any of them. So basically, I just, I'm ready to play whichever one's there. Um, I like both. Yeah. They both have their different aspects, but it's it's not something to me where I'm like, oh, I'm really passionate. Yeah. I want <laughs> I want it on the bottom. No, I yeah. want it on the top. It needs to be here because of this. And if it comes to that, I'm not interested in the conversation. It's uh, it's something that there's there's too strong of opinions on each side. I like everyone too much. It's not you know something that really makes me feel one way or the other. So mm -hmm. it's something that I learned to just hands off, do whatever you want. You know, uh, you know if you need me to do some work, let me know. I'll go weed whack. Did you ever play it pre-Sandy? So I, I, I was going to bring it up when we were on hold two. When I first played this course uh, with the ultimate discs, with the lids, with my buddies, you know, from growing up, there was a uh, backhoe that I, I basically like threw through mm -hmm. on hold two. So I didn't really get to see a lot of the original course, you know, before any of the changes were made. So mm -hmm. like when they say old this, I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know that old. I know yeah. old, you know, <laughs> last year, two years ago, three years ago, but for the most part, I don't really know. I remember some of the stuff, but it's not something that, uh, you know, I really paid attention to. And I guess <clears throat> came in and did a ton of work, yeah. uh, you know, revamping the course and getting it, you know, to a, to a playable championship style, you know, kind of course it's, yeah. it's, it, it is a favorite, you know, I think we need to get some, you know, more B tiers and maybe an A tier out here if we can. It's definitely a course that people love playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, we get the we get the people. Uh, so this one it says in Sharpie there two seventy. That sounds about accurate, right? Got I a think couple so. trees blocking the way, but otherwise I'm gonna guess Brinster. So yeah, I'm. I think I could throw a T bird out. There. Probably yeah. So I think that's what I'm gonna try doing. I'm gonna try throwing <laughs> a Brinster second run T bird. Ah. So yes, there will be a Brinster involved. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Oh, thank you. Nice run. Nice run. Thanks again, Craig. Note to self: work on a better way to finish these interviews. So, on Monday, Craig did the unthinkable, a Monday tournament. Yes, I'm talking about May's Manic Mando Monday, presented by Craig's Disc. Here's a quick rundown of the results. Intermediate went to Greg Schiami, shooting a plus three, 126, winning by two strokes. Amateur Masters 40 plus went to Jeff Schubert, who shot two under par for the day with a 121. Nice shooting, Jeff. Tyler Blanchett took advance with a minus eight, 115 beating Jared Secor by two strokes. Raymond Albino shot even to win the Pro Masters 50 and up division in a playoff with Bobby Einrenhofer, throwing their discs for a total of 123 times. Ray declined cash to maintain his bagger status, I mean amateur status. Sorry about that, Ray. Pro Masters 40 plus was won by Eric Mowry. Wait, Eric Mowry's 40 years old? Uh, he shot a 14 down 109, which is only 34 more strokes than I had in the second round. And the overall winner in the open division was Craig Cutler, who won in a playoff off against Steve Brinster. They shot minus 24, both with 99s. Not for nothing, but I'm not getting out of bed to throw less than 100 discs. 
I was able to get a few words with our champ after the tournament. I'm here with the winner of Maze Manic Mando Monday, presented by Craig's Disc, uh, Craig Cutler. Uh, congratulations on winning today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, is that not the most alliterative tournament name you've ever played in? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the first Monday tournament I've ever played in. Uh, fortunate well, enough that I own my own business so I could take off and get to compete. So it was a really good idea. Awesome. Uh, you won in a playoff with Steve Grinster. Yes. What was your thinking after you saw his drive on the first hole? Uh, I wasn't really thinking about his drive. I just wanted to release my T-Bird with the right angle, flat, hard, and low, and hope to hit the gap. I wasn't really concerned with what he his, his disc did because he could hit a putt from anywhere down there. And, and he I almost was, did. He almost <laughs> did, exactly. Uh, what, what disc was your workhorse today? Uh, my grid stamp AVR putter. I only missed one putt within the circle all day and hit some long ones so that, that definitely kept me in it uh what's your favorite hole here at fdr and in which layout i love hole two i love hole two to the white basket that's a cool par three and then gosh hole 18 to the white is great too par five yeah i love that hole. yeah uh what's the next tournament you're signed up for i'm signed up for the mighty goal this weekend this saturday um, hosted by our local club, Braxton Showalter, tournament director. Awesome. And then uh, I'm getting ready for Pro Master Worlds in Vermont, which is in June. So, June. yeah, this is a good warm-up for that. And is there anybody you'd like to thank? Yeah, Innova Discs. Uh, they're, my, they're my sponsor. I've been playing for 20 years, and wow. they have the best plastic. Uh, and, yeah, that's it. Innova Discs and Champion Discs. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, thanks. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Thanks again, Craig. It was great to meet you. I also had a chance to speak with Craig Henninger again after a long day of TDing and disc golf. Uh, so, Craig, how was the turnout for Maze Manic Mando Monday presented by Craig's Disc? It was awesome. Uh, I believe we had 41 total come out. We had a couple of cancellations uh, earlier in the week. We were able to uh, get a couple more, a couple walk-ups. Got some uh, pretty big players to come, too. All right. How many of those people do you think came to your tournament as a result of our interview on that staple of podcasting greatness, the Hudson Valley Disc Golf Podcast? I'd say at least one. I like it. That's all I'm one. looking for. Uh, how much was your play affected by having to run a tournament? Honestly, I don't think it was that bad because when I have to like worry about something else, I'm kind of you know in the zone, and then I just it was time to play, and my mind was just like, all right, you're playing now. Um, I thought about you know different things throughout the tournament. Um, I had to uh, there was I mixed up uh, someone that was playing uh, MP40 and I put him in uh, MPO. I had to switch the payouts the second round, you know, and I in my head I started doing it. And I said, no, just wait till whatever. So I I, I was able to just play, um, which was great. I got to play with a lot of uh, really cool people there. So cool. it uh, made it easy. Uh, any scoop on the next Monday tournament? So the next Monday tournament, uh, I was going to do a Thursday or Friday, but uh, the reason this tournament happened was was Jay Quap, and he said, come on, do another Monday one. So uh, I think I'm going to do one in Beacon uh, in the next maybe two to three months. If you play Gladestock on June 29th, more details to follow, would you be willing to do the scoring with a helper that you would approve of? Absolutely. I just had to get that in there on record. Um, <laughs> he doesn't have to do is there anything? Is there, is there anyone in particular that you want, would like to thank? Oh, my God. There's so many people to thank. Uh, one, thank you, Pat. Uh, you helped out a lot. You uh, helped me out with the scoreboard that I forgot to get. <laughs> I decided three days before to, to try to get that and, you know, was able to get that. Thank you for that. And, uh, you know, helping out with everything around the you know, Tournament Central. Kelly Zyma over here helping out with... Uh, you know, some, some setting up and some taking down and, you know, helping with that. She was a big help. Jim Coyle, 
Uh, we got Gary Mason and Bill Newman. They did a, a killer job on scores. You know, just uh, I think that's it. There might be more people. Jay, Jay for you know even saying this. Oh, he's he was saying the whole time that it was, that it was his, his idea. Tournament. It, it, it is. It, yeah. he's, he said it was his muse and my, my decision. But he, he uh, but he's he's the one I, I have to thank for this because I don't know if I would have run a Monday tournament. He does take full responsibility for Brinster and Cutler being. <clears throat> uh, he can have that too. <laughs> Any final comment? Final comments. <sighs> Man, it was just a great day. Uh, everyone seemed really happy with it. Nobody, uh, you know, really had any issues it seemed like people were happy with uh you know the player packs i didn't get specific discs i just had a whole bunch of inventory that i brought out and i said grab a disc and a mini and people were like oh this is great usually there's only you know a couple discs we can choose from this is awesome thank you so much i was like awesome and uh people seem to like uh grabbing the disc for their payouts they got a lot of good stuff and uh everyone seemed happy i i, I really i really couldn't be happier in the day you know if i got if i played a little bit better that would have been great but i mean I, I played i played just as good as i think i did in the fool's fest which uh i really can't complain about i just hope the ratings are over How'd you finish? Uh, I finished, I think, sixth place out of uh, ten in open. It was uh, well. You didn't want to. You didn't want to cash. You I didn't want to cash. Yeah, yeah, no, I get just, that. Uh, you, you you That's know, a good strategy. Cash I like that. tournament. It yeah. looks bad. It looks bad. But I will say that uh, two two different Craig's uh, got aces. But uh, so that was kind of cool to to have two Craig's ace at a Craig's disc uh, tournament. Like uh, and and Craig Cutler won. So that was even cool. Uh, well, on behalf of the 41 or so that showed up today, thanks again, and good luck this weekend at Mighty Gaw and Border Lane. Thank you, Pat. Thanks again, Craig. Uh, I look forward to more Monday tournaments in the future. Before I end the show this week, I have one last new segment to add. This one is called Random Thoughts, and it will serve as a teaser for my next interview. Talk to you next week. Sweet up, Hudson Valley. I will sometimes at work, I have one of the fridges is just loaded with different, like, dipping sauces, ranch, and blah, blah, blah. And I'll take out, like, the honey mustard first and have it in my hand and then be going through all the other fucking sauces looking for the honey mustard. And I'm like, where the fuck is it? And then I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, it's in my fucking hand. Like, I'll it'll be the first one I move out of the way looking for that one.